Hi, it's Shana here. Before this episode starts, I'm popping in with a quick reminder about our upcoming CEU on Thursday, May 16th on a person-centered approach to behavior management. School taught us a lot about ABA. However, the thing with ABA is that it's a science and it's constantly evolving. So a lot of what we learned back then doesn't always apply now. Today, we want to use a person-centered approach to behavior management, um, but what does that look like and how can our learners still make progress in this kind of approach? So join us live on Thursday, May 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time as Shira discusses how to use a person-centered approach to behavior management with your learners. This CEU is presented by our very own Shira Karpel. You can earn one learning CEU for ACE, QABA, or IBAO. Join us live at this event or to watch the recording asynchronously, go to howtoaba.com forward slash CEU. See you then. Hi, I'm Shira Karpow. And I'm Shana Gaunt, and we're board certified behavior analysts. At How To ABA, we provide practical resources, community, and support to ABA professionals. In each episode of our podcast, we will be having real conversations with real people sharing real stories about ABA. We'll share relevant strategies and actionable tips that will make us all better ABA practitioners. It's the ABA content you need that you're not going to learn in a textbook. Hi, everyone. Today, we are talking with Kat Savino, our BCBA. And Kat is also our community manager. For any of our members who are listening, you know that you've seen Kat in our community, in our Q&As, and in our journal club. So hi, Kat. Welcome. Hi. Nice to see you guys again. You too. So we actually met Kat as um, she was one of our first podcast guests, I think. And we had no idea who she was. And we were just saying before we started that we kind of like think the same way. And as we were learning more about Kat, we said, you just have to be part of our community because there's only two of us. There's thousands of members and we love having somebody who can answer questions, who can support our members. And we always look at the community and the answers that are being given. And it's almost like reading our own responses. We don't even need to respond because we totally agree with everything that Kat says. So we're so happy to have you. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, it's been a wonderful opportunity. Just And I feel so honored to have had that opportunity to reach out to all the BCBAs that, you're, that are part of your wonderful community. So thank you for that. So tell us a little bit about your role. Like if somebody was a member or not a member, how would they get to know you? Yeah, so there's a, a few places actually. So part of, uh, like you said, the community board is a, a big place where BCBAs go and post questions, ask about things that are going on with their patients and their clients, and and I'll check in with them and respond to anything going on or connect them to resources that we have available. And then also I do supervision and one-on-one mentorship as well. Uh, So supervision for um, students getting their fieldwork experience and then mentorship for newly minted BCBAs or BCBAs who just need some support with whatever they've got going on. And then also I do a bi-weekly group mentorship. um, And part of that we just launched yesterday is a journal club. So uh, BCBAs will log on and we'll talk about uh, whatever's again, whatever's going on, I'll just ask them, hey, anybody have something that they want to post to the group? Let's collaborate. Let's all share. Um, and then let's all support each other. So lots of spaces for BCBAs to just get together and and get the help that they need. 
Kat, you've also done a CEU for us on supervision. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot because that was so long oh, our ago. Our whole supervision product is thanks to Kat. Yeah, um, so true. many materials. I think it's awesome. So there's a CEU on supervision. If those of you who haven't seen it, watch it. It's also worth a supervision credit too. Um, but you're fabulous, and I love seeing you give those presentations. Yes, thank you. You're right. That feels like forever ago now. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about supervision because that was kind of how we started our relationship and talking about your resources on supervision. Um, you had a lot of experience in, in supervision and providing supervision. We get a lot of requests for supervision and we just felt like it wasn't, we didn't have the time to really dedicate. So, you know, we kind of created this relationship and you've been doing a lot of supervision. What are you seeing as like some of the needs in the field into providing quality supervision? What is lacking? What are people really looking for in supervision? Yeah, I think that there's lots of uh, people all across the country who just might be in areas where there's not a lot of supervisors around, right? Or supervisors that can provide them that quality uh, dedication that they're looking for, um, or they're just working uh, in a place where they're, they don't have that access to a supervisor at that place of work. So whether they're working at a school or early intervention services, um, you know, I've worked with uh People in remote areas of the of the U.S. and then people abroad as well, uh, Paris and and all across all across the globe. So I think that there's um, there's just a need and it's a, a unique need per individual. But what I hear across from everybody is that they just want to make sure that they're getting quality, dedicated support. Right, not just having kind of someone sign off on a piece of paper for them, but they're that they're truly learning at the, and then when they're entering that field, they're going to feel ready to go. So I love to see that, and I love that people are advocating and seeking that uh, support for themselves. And Sharon, I've always said supervision doesn't end as soon as you get that piece of paper. Right, as soon as you write right. that exam, as soon as you pass that exam, you know there should still be supervision and mentorship. So how do you provide that? I think that that is something that is so, so, so important. And I definitely encourage anybody who is looking to enter in the field or new in the field to make sure that they have that mentor or somebody, whether it's a group of people or just one person that they can connect with and, and seek out support. There's, of course, CEUs and we can read books, but there's something about having a relationship with someone else and that guidance uh, that really makes such a huge difference, um, not only for that support, but also as someone to look up to in terms of a role model as well, right? Um, that can help shape your behaviors and, and the BCBA that you're looking to become too. I think that um, there was some statistic I saw recently that there were like this, the number of people that got the BCBA certification in one year was the same amount of BCB certificates that were there existed previously or something like that. Something like wow. tens of thousands of people are getting the certification each year and there just aren't enough BCBAs or experienced BCBAs. Like thinking about a BCBA who's more than two years of experience, there really just aren't enough of us to go around. Mm -hmm. And what are you seeing? I know like we see sometimes people um, who are newly minted BCBAs have certain challenges and certain struggles, but there's just no way to get everything you need to know within your 2000 hours of supervision or 1500 or once previously. And so we're seeing people coming into the field with like really unique challenges. There's 
the overwhelm, there's the burnout, there's the really not knowing where to go or who to ask or where to turn um, and feeling like all of a sudden I'm in charge here. I'm maybe the clinical director of, of a department or I may be the person who everyone asks their questions to and I myself am somewhat new to the field. Um, are you, what, what are you seeing? Like, what are some of those challenges with those newly minted certificates? Absolutely. Well, I think there's a couple of things. One is, well, the BACB recommends that you have multiple supervisors. And it's really rare that people actually have multiple supervisors in their experience or that they seek it out versus it just kind of happens uh, to them. Uh, And then that turns out in them having a very kind of more narrowed scope in the areas that they feel comfortable in or the opportunities that are given to them versus if they had those multiple supervisors, it's more likely that they'd have a variety of experiences and, and access to a different, different types of um, ways and approaches. But then too, I think and when you're working on that those fieldwork hours, oftentimes you kind of hyper-focus on certain pieces of the task list versus looking at how can I actually do all of these things at once? So when when BCBAs hit the field, they're like, okay, yeah, I've, I've experienced all of these things, but I've never had to do them all within one day, right? Um, and like that time management piece and balancing all those things, usually what leads to that over. I have to manage staff and parents' concerns and also make protocol modifications all within one hour. Uh, so I think especially as we're as our students are nearing towards the end, it's important that we give them those experiences. Okay, manage your schedule, manage all these concerns, take take some of that ownership piece so that they can actually truly get a sense of, of what their expectations are going to be like. That is so true. Time management in general is so overwhelming. I, I still, as soon as you said that, I took a deep breath <laughs> because honestly, that's my day every day. I swear, right. I think that I have a million balls up in the air. I think I heard a saying once, you know, you have a million balls up in the air and I'm just trying not to drop the glass ones. Yes. And it's what it seems like, right? And I'm finding that a lot of, um, you know, newly minted BCBAs um, take longer to do things too. And understandably, right? Obviously, you know, we're more fluent because we've done, you know, that type of report 20 other times. We have Mm -hmm. templates for programs. Oh, I remember this student did this and it's very similar, not the same, but similar to this other person. So I can call that up and do that. And a lot of these newly minted BCBAs don't have that repertoire that they can call upon. So, and I find Mm -hmm. that, you know, like you said, the courses or the task list, I end up having supervisees who are writing papers and articles and stuff that I honestly never do in my job. And they're so focused on, you know, how to create a study so that they're showing that, and which is great if you're going into research, but like, Mm -hmm. are you learning how to meet a three-year-old kid, play with the kid, create a whole program around that kid? And I know that's where the the supervision comes in. Um, But then when they do have those opportunities, it takes them so much longer because they spend so much time on the textbook stuff and the technical stuff. And I find that people are then coming into the field, not having, you know, the practical experience. And, you know, that was really our intention in creating this bank of resources where you don't have to create a whole new um, program every time you have this profile of child or, you know, creating these checklist assessments that are so much easier to use than being overwhelmed by doing an ABLES or a VP map or something like that. And so we really wanted to help alleviate some of that stuff by giving them at least some of the templates to work with. Um, And I do think that that's what our members find some of the most helpful within the resource. 
Right. Because then it allows them to spend more time on some of those other pieces that that might be even more challenging, like navigating difficult parent situations or navigating difficult staff situations and coaching them and and all of those pieces that also take so much time. And um, which is why I love what you guys have have put together, because it again, it allows for that more of that time for to provide that balance. But yeah, I think BCBAs, um, especially as you're entering that field, that should be part of what you do too, is starting to like create, rack up that bank of resources for yourself. Uh, because even doing that research and finding those resources is time consuming. So get going on that, you know, as soon as you can. Absolutely. And then I was going to say, we're, you know, looking at creating programs and reports and this and that, what have you. And sometimes we get so lost in that, that we forget there's a child or an individual on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to create our materials or reports or programs, train therapists, talk to parents, et cetera, in a very short period of time. Like this, it's great if you've got a grad school project and, you know, you've got two months to completion and this and that and what have you. But in reality, there's a child waiting on the other side and waiting right. for you to be able to implement those programs mm-hmm. so that they can get going and they can start learning more and more. Right. So having these things at your fingertips is you know, not just beneficial to you, but beneficial to whoever you're working with. Yeah. And I think one of the things that really contributes a lot to burnout is when we get those people who are put into those, you know, clinical director roles who feel alone, who feel like they are not ready for this. Mm-hmm. And um, what the research has said is that the thing that prevents overwhelm the most or that impacts quality of life the most is the relationships, is, is the people that they have around them. And if you're in a role where you don't have anyone around you, or you don't have anybody to ask questions to, that's where the community really comes in and that you can feel like you can ask Kat a question or you can come into the community and ask other people for advice. And we're really hoping that that helps to alleviate some of that burnout and overwhelm that people are feeling. Um, and I think so far that's that's been the case, which has been really great. Right, I agree. And I, I love the point of, remembering that you that your focus is that child and i think like you said when we spend so much time creating these programs because we've dedicated so much time to them what we end up doing too is doing like a copy and paste copy and paste copy and paste versus individualizing that for that child um and when you have these resources ready to go then you can spend more time individualizing and making it just the right fit for for your client versus just you know kind of <laughs> sharing it for everybody because you just don't have that time so let's talk about some program materials here yeah for you cat what do you have some go-tos besides how to ABA, of course favorite <laughs> resources like what are some of your must-have programming resources uh, must have programming resources. You know, I think I've been fortunate enough. That I've been able to create my own bank <laughs> over the You're years. One <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, um, that's, yeah, I probably talk about that way too much with BCBAs, especially newly minted BCBAs. I'm like, have you been working on your bank? Or if you have a little admin time, and even when I um, have, uh, when I'm training new BCBAs, I'll put on their schedule as their, as part of their training schedule, like work on your bank, start creating your bank of resources, start creating your procedures, start building that, start pulling things, uh, because that's going to ultimately be, um, 
going to be your saving grace, right? When you have that time, start 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 building that out. Uh, but I also love sharing uh, the early start Denver model with uh, newly uh, uh, minted BCBAs too. Not just because I love the model, but I love how they structure their goals. And that's something that I see that BCBAs oftentimes need a lot of support in is really planning out their goals and not just saying this is what where we're going to get to in six months, but how are we going to get there? How are the goals broken down and what is our game plan to, to get there truly? Not just saying, Johnny, we'll do X in six months. Okay, that's that's great. But what does that look like periodically and how are you going to get there? And I think Early Start does a great job of uh, formatting that um, so that you can make that game plan. Yeah, I love the Early Start Denver model, even in the fact that it just says, sit down face to face and play. Mm -hmm. And not everybody knows how to do that. So, you know, it does give great suggestions for goals and how to write those Mm -hmm. goals. But that's writing goals is one thing and implementing them is another. So when you actually read the first few chapters, and they're saying, well, play and do that this and become really animated. That's amazing for an early learner, but it's also amazing for, you know, an eight-year-old um, so that teaching doesn't just happen at the table. You know, teaching can be everywhere and teaching can be within the natural environment and within play. And that gives you a really great model in terms of how to do that. Yeah. Okay, our other question for you is our field has come a long way. I'm sure you've seen it change and evolve since you've been here. Um, what is one area that you think we still need to like do better at or a way that you anticipate we're going to continue to evolve? I think we're doing the tra- trajectory that we're on is is really promising. Uh, we we still have though a lot of growth, right? And looking at looking at that ascent based learning model, looking at compassionate care. I think these are all things that a lot of us can get behind. And a lot of us are like, yes, I love that. That sounds great. But truly uh, being able to implement it and then also train others on it and also get buy-in from stakeholders in implementing it. Um, So there's just... uh, And I see a lot of people doing some great work around that, but I think we still have a little bit to go in terms of that piece. It's true. Like BCBAs or people who go into this field, they really do mean well. And we all just really got into this field because we want to like help kids and families and the students that we work with. And sometimes it's just about educating ourselves on which strategies and tools and principles to use at what time, because we have all of those principles and foundations and all the theory at our fingertips. We know them well. It's just a matter of choosing, are we going to shape or are we going to do extinction? Are we going to reinforce mm-hmm. or are we going to ignore, you know, like there's just whether we're using those principles at the right time, I think is going to continue to evolve. And whether that's called compassionate care or a sense or any one of those things, like I think that we can just continue to use the right principles at the right time, and mm-hmm. continue to have that, that intention of doing well, which is, which is what we all got into this field for. Right, right. It's about being able to make uh decisions, right? And make and stand behind those decisions and not just say, well, I'm doing this because it's evidence-based. Well, yeah, so are a lot of other things. And um, why is it the most appropriate thing here and now, not just because it's evidence-based? Yeah. And that's why I love what we're doing and incorporating you into our community because like training that next generation of BCBAs 
and mm-hmm. how to use those principles effectively and compassionately is something that, you know, we feel passionate about because there's going to be so many of us and we just want to do our part in helping, helping our field do it right. So mm-hmm. thanks for being a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So another question, or one last question, I should say, mm-hmm. is do you have any advice for newly minted BCBAs? I think we've talked about a couple of pieces, right? Getting that community going for yourself, seeking out that mentorship, and you know, advocating for yourself. Um, early on in my career, I when I was feeling really stuck, uh, someone that I really looked up to, this was several years ago, was um, Dr. Megan Mir. Dr. Megan Miller. And I just reached out to her and I said, Hey, you know, I really look up to you. Can you mentor me? And I didn't expect to hear from her. And she was like, yeah, I I can. Um, And we did like a six month mentorship and that just changed my life um, and changed the scope of, of my practice. And it was all because, you know, I was like, I need to, I need to advocate for my needs. And so I truly, truly encourage anyone to, to, to do that. If you see someone that's doing cool things and great things, you know, reach out to them, um, see if uh, you can get connected to them and get that support because that's ultimately going to be the biggest thing for you. And is it is and they're likely to get, provide such a wealth of resources to you that you probably didn't even know were available. So that's yeah, awesome. that was my experience. That's amazing. It reminds me of when I was younger, I, you know, I had nothing to lose. And I, um, Bridget Taylor was consulting to a family of mine and uh, I asked her for a job just wow. because I wanted to learn from her. I thought I admired her so much. And she said, yes. She said, if you can get a visa to get down here, because I was in Canada at the time, come. And I pretty much almost fell over right there on the spot because Bridget Taylor, Bridget Taylor says I can work for her. Are you kidding me? Um, and it's amazing, but you'd be surprised. There's mm-hmm. many, many people out there who really do want to do good in this field. I would say most of us probably. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we've all been in those shoes and it's about lending a hand to people once, once, you know, once they're in those shoes. So, well, that's also what how to ABA is. That's why we set that up is really to try and help, you know, those newly minted BCBAs and now BCBAs who've been in the field for a long time as well, who may have different experiences than us. And we can all share those resources together. And instead of all of us creating our own wheel and our own bank of resources, mm-hmm. you know, we can become together as a community and answer each other's questions, be a mentor for each other and have that valuable bank of resources as well. Absolutely. Okay. So where can people find you next? So you're doing, tell us about what's coming up in the community for March. So coming in March, we'll have, we'll continue our group mentorship. So that happens bi-weekly on Wednesday evening. So once you are part of our community, you'll be receiving uh, events and updates on when uh, those mentorships take place and a link to join. So I would say first step is making sure you're a part of that community. Uh, so you can also um, post questions and see what other community members are interested in or areas that they need support in. And not just post questions, but feel free to give some advice if you feel like you um, know a lot or are or, um, or someone that can uh, support an individual with a question, please feel free. It's not just a place to, to seek uh, advice, but also a place to support each other. So Okay, so they'll find you every other Wednesday. So every two weeks on Wednesday evening, yes. it's either the mentorship or some sort of journal club slash, you know, discussion on a topic. Right. Once you're part of that, uh, the, again, the community, you'll get um, email updates with whether or not we're going to be doing a journal club and what that journal cl- article is. So look out for that. And you get us twice a month in the community. We That's also right. do 
once a month mentorship and once a month live webinars. So you're basically covered weekly between the three of us. You can once a week attend some sort of live event within the community, which is really great. And then reach out to us anytime because we have a community and people post questions up there and other people respond. We also respond and uh, it's just really awesome. Yes. Well, thank you, Kat. So nice to talk to you and we look forward to your next mentorship. Awesome. Thank you both. Thanks for joining today's conversation. Wherever you get your podcast, please go and subscribe, rate and review so others can find out about us too. For more from How to ABA, including free resources and ABA materials, visit our blog at howtoaba.com and make sure that you're following us on social media for more practical tips and updates.